Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Brady Shea is going to score a goal, or I am actually going to lick a ranger. It's a lot harder to identify an angel, Beth, because that's the, the spiritual world. But it's oh. much easier to quantify the data of someone who's a warrior because they've seen war. But they're just like, by the way, the dog is kind of dangerous. Here's your children, <laughs> our supervised children, here's some pennies. And I'm going to allow the dog to, to roll. And, and the dog will roll free. Yeah. <laughs> Best of luck. Remember to cover your neck and throat if you get knocked down. And your carotid artery above all else. There's a predator who will have an instinct. Well, howdy. How D. My name is Joe Fortunato, and I am joined by my co host, Mikhail Murphy. Mike Murphy is the name. I don't know. I think it was. I thought it was Mikhail. You did like a, a Russian French thing there, which yeah, is. I think uh, it's. I'm pretty sure your name is Mikhail. I don't mind no. that. I, no, I don't no. like my name. My name is the Irish equivalent of John Smith. It's a. It's really common and. And you're one of what five brothers? Six. So did your your second youngest correct? Yeah, I'm the second youngest. So did your parents just get lazy and they were like, just make them. Well, they, yeah, they ran out of Irish names. Yeah, there's no one. There's, you know, there's only so many Johns also, and Patricks that you could do. All the good genetic material was all used up by then. Oh, I don't believe that. I don't believe that for a goddamn second. Hello. It is late on Thursday. Mike made us wait. He would say five minutes every five minutes. So um, you don't care because we're <laughs> recording. So it doesn't matter. You're going to get this on Friday it's a, morning. It's a goddamn lie. You were the one who was late. Well, see, I said it first, and now the people have to That's believe true. me. Because but uh, I, I believe I have a reputation for being I've an upstanding, uh, upstanding uh, podcast host, whereas right now you, you have, are a, a you rat bastard. Of, of being late, late with your goddamn podcasts. Um, this is Bantering the Blue Shirts. Welcome. Uh, not, I, I think I've made this joke the past three episodes we've done. There's a lot to talk about. Surprisingly, I, I didn't expect May to be this active for the Rangers. June, you get the draft and July, you get free agency. August is the Traverse City tournament. And then the next thing you know, it's um, training camp and getting everything ready in September. But May has been relatively, relatively wild, if you will. A little slow this week. A little slow this week. The Rangers have some players who are doing good things out in the world. Zabanajad, Buchnevich. Heedle's not really games, getting yeah. much time with the checks, but uh, Chris Kreider has two power play goals. We got a lot. We got a lot going on. And um, yeah, but I, I want to talk about something that kind of came out of the blue. Rick Carp and Nello, otherwise known as Carp, who writes for The Athletic, um, did a little recap of where things stand with the Rangers um, coaching search and basically said what we kind of know already. Um, 
he doesn't think Keefe is high on the Rangers list. The Rangers really haven't announced many of the people that they're looking at. There are probably coaches that we haven't heard of who are relatively deep in interviews, which I would agree with. But he also threw in this little nugget um, about how teams are calling to ask about Mika Zibanejad's availability. And before I let Mike jump in on that, um, we are doing questions again today. And Andrew, Destroyer Zodiac on uh, Twitter. Destroyer Zodiac. Destroyer Zodiac. Uh, Since ramblings of Zibanejad trade came from Carp, what would the ideal trade and what would be a realistic trade? Um, But before we even get to that, Mike, what are your thoughts on the Zibanejad rumor? Don't trade him. Can't trade him. Bad idea to trade him. Don't trade him. Can't trade him. Bad idea to trade him. Yep. Really? Why well, why do you feel him? that way? Let's do some podcasting, Michael. It's time. I'd, uh, we don't have to do the pod. Um, no, screw those people. Why Why not trade Zibanejad? Because he's, you know, he's a first-line center that you just signed to a what's going to, I believe, is going to look like a great deal. He's still a lot younger than a lot of people tend to think he is. Yeah, he's gotten hurt uh, in the last two seasons, but I think those were both kind of freak accident injuries. I wouldn't call him injury prone. Uh, I like him. I feel like he's the sort of guy you can look at, you know, the Rangers are specifically, I think, going to be geared towards looking at young wingers to bring to this team. And Zib is a guy who can be here for a while and be part of the solution of all the Rangers forwards, Joe. Uh, I think he's the most valuable really. Um, You know, he's the guy who I would, I would definitely hesitate to move the most, you know, if we exclude, you know, the magic beans that are the prospect guys, like, you know, you're not going to trade Philip Heedle. So, okay, you know, who who would you trade? And Zibinijad is the guy who I would definitely not want to trade the most. I'd sooner move Kreider. I mean, having a, a guy who can play first-line center and who is as great on the power play as Zib is and getting him at the deal we got him for, uh, I like it. I like him. So here's the deal. Um and I think this is really where I stand on the matter. Um, I don't want to trade Zibanejad. I'm not. I'm pretty sure 90% of the moves that could possibly be put on the table for Zibanejad would not make any sense. But if you're the New York Rangers, you have to listen. You don't have a choice. Well, yeah. You're total. Yeah, listen. Like uh, if the Go devil ahead. says, hedge, "I'll hedge, give hedge you the bets on this one," I'll give you two million dollars, and you're like, "But you're the devil. I'm not going to listen to you." No, you say, "All right, well, let's let's hear what you know. How many people do I have to eat to get this two million dollars, devil? How many children?" Sure, eternal soul. Well, I mean, with two million dollars, you can probably buy yourself another soul. Mm, maybe it's true. I don't know what the black market is on souls right now, but uh, it's probably pretty hot, I would think, because you're taking it from another human. Um, could you you could probably get by with an animal soul because dogs go to heaven. All dogs do, but, go to but heaven, it, but a dog doesn't have the mental capacity to sell you their soul. You just take it from a dog. No, you can't take it. You can't just take a soul. That's been given to you all the time. 
Devil's well, yeah, but he, he takes it with deals. He doesn't just come into your house and steal your soul. You have to deal. All right. Well, that's swindling. That's 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 he knows it's a dishonest trade. And that, that is that really so different just from plucking a dog's soul out of like a little little English bulldog? You can't make a deal with a dog. So that's you that's can't the end make of that. A deal with a dog. You cannot make a deal with you. The dog can't understand that it's giving up its eternal soul. I think and you, thus you, you underestimate you underestimate dogs. Well, if if the dog understood, the dog would be smart enough to say no. Well, they don't have you know speech like we have. Well, okay, so now we're back to the fact that you can't actually, you can't do it. The dog won't understand. And it it will not give you its soul because it's smart. It's a smart dog. Well, only like, all you want German shepherds are really smart. Like yeah, they are, but they can't speak. Well, they can. They can bark. They help. You don't know what the bark means. They help blind people walk around. Sure, they open so doors and shit. I mean, Bernice Mountain Dogs carry medicine on their their goddamn collars. They go around to mountains and pull people out of the woods or the snow, and then they administer medical assistance, oh, I assume. I thought those were St. Bernard's. With the, mm, no, they bring mm. beer to people. Yeah, the Bernice Mountain Dog is like the dog that you would see in the cartoons and whatnot that has like the little barrel on its collar. Yeah, that's a that's a St. Bernard, I think. Mm, I think it's a Bernice Mountain Dog. Do you remember the movies, uh, the Beethoven movies as a kid? I do. No, it's 100% a Bernice Mountain Dog. Okay. Oh, you know what? Let's see what a St. Bernard looks like. It's going to look the same goddamn way. No, no, no. It's 100% a Bernice Mountain. Uh, no, you know what? You're right. It's a St. Bernard. <laughs> all the, I think it's also, it, it's also, uh, it could be a Bernice Mountain dog. Cause they well, do he look has a great smart. name for the job. He's a mountain dog. Right. It's a Bernice Mountain dog. He, it's literally in the name. He might as well be named like Keg Mountain dog. Right. Dog. It's just the perfect. It's right there. Yeah. All right, so um, what would what this would was a long way of me saying? Yeah, I think I think you have to listen to offers. Let me throw a proposal at you, and this is something that one of our patrons, Bob Kawa, asked. He had a couple of questions, so this is a decent proposal. Um, he says, outside of a trade for the number two or three pick, mm. is there any move out there that would interest you enough to consider trading Zabanajad? Uh, Do you think we would need to add to Zibby to move up to the two or three pick? So here's I'm gonna. I'm going to jump in here so that Mike has time to think because he needs it. Um, could you? Could Montreal be talked into Zabanajad for the number three overall pick? Honestly, oh. Zabanajad plays a tough game. He's not a fighter, but he plays a tough game. He's a very good first line center. The Habs have a belief that they need a first line center. Um, if they give you the number three overall pick, how can you say no? Honestly, I get it. Zibanejad's 24, going on 25. You have him for a great contract. But if I give you an opportunity to grab Zadina or maybe Svechnikov, because who knows what Carolina is going to do it too, can you turn that trade down? Let me ask you that question. Probably not. Right? You got to take it, right? Yeah. And, and only because, because this was another topic of conversation on Twitter, yes, you're taking the risk that Zadina or Svechnikov becomes better than Zabanajad, which is not an easy thing to do. But in a rebuilding phase, yeah, I think you you have to you have to do it because it opens the door for Hayes, Anderson, and Heedle to become your first three centers. 
if you go Hayes at one, Heedle at two, Anderson at three, you don't have an experienced column down the middle next year, but you're not expecting to be good next year. And you have so, your franchise winger. Your franchise plus you have Spooner winger. and Nemestikov. Yeah. In the wings. I, I, mean, I, I don't want to trade Zibanejad. I'm not sure there's a lot of trades out there that make sense for Zibanejad. Yes, the number two or the number three overall pick, absolutely, I give. Um, yeah. In terms of like what you would need to add, I don't know. I do think Zibanejad has enough worth that the Rangers shouldn't go to Carolina and say, hey, we'll give you, you know, Zibanejad in the number nine for your number two. Or we'll give you Zibanejad and, you know, our 26 or 29 for your number two. I don't think that makes sense because the Rangers need the draft picks because they need to restock the farm. But if a team comes to you, I, I would even, you know, if you're super confident that Montreal is going to take to Chuck, and if you have a handshake agreement with Ottawa at four that, hey, you can have Zibanejad back, but we need – and I'm not saying Ottawa is a likely landing spot. I'm just saying what – number of a pick would be okay with moving on from him from if you have a handshake deal with Ottawa that says hey I'll take the number four if Montreal takes the Chuck and one of Zadina and Svechnikov is on the board I'm okay with that too but I just I don't know if there's many other deals out there that make sense but a lot of Rangers fans are looking and saying hey we're expecting to be competitive next year and they are but you can't not make that deal you have to. Yeah, it's a pretty big hypothetical, is it not? Sure, it's an enormous hypothetical. Maybe one of the biggest hypotheticals. It's like the devil, you know, saying two million dollars for your soul. Um, I listen. I don't think it's likely. I don't think Carolina is going to come anywhere near a deal like that. But I honestly do think you could theoretically talk Montreal into thinking that they need a guy like him. That he's the difference. Uh, I, you know, it's again, we're not talking about something that's necessarily realistic. I mean, you know, Bergevin is a goddamn. He's a fool. He's a fool. You don't know know what you're going to get, but yeah, Yeah, he's a fool. You swindled him once. You could do it again. So that's my take. That's my take on that. I don't know what I would add. I don't think I would really add much. If you can't get it one for one and you probably can't, but if you can't get it one for one, then so be it. You leave it alone. Take keep Zabanajad and see what happens. But Zabanajad, much like Stepan, his no movement clause kicks in next summer. So that's why this conversation is probably being brought up. Is uh, that what the Rangers are going to do? Is they're just going to sign centers to and big then deals just trade them out and then just sling them, just kick them out of the kitchen? Well, the issue that the Rangers have, in, if we're being honest, is they do have a logjam of centers. You have to assume they're going to keep Hayes. So that's the manager and Hayes are your one, two. What do you do with Heedle? What do you do with Anderson? Which one of them do you make the four C? Which one of them do you remove remove from the wing? Or excuse me, remove from center for the wing and yeah. stunt their center growth? There's a lot of options. And we're not even talking about Spooner or Nemestikov. I have a question for you. Okay. Actually. Mike Murphy. Uh, I have been relatively surprised by uh, how many people are not high on Kevin Hayes, uh, particularly after this season when he played all these important defensive minutes and he showed that he was a lot more than just a big guy who can move the puck. Um, I think you and I are, are in the same camp of like, you know, this is the 
the number two center for this team moving forward. This is a guy you want to invest in. What do you make of the people who don't see value in Hayes? Does it come down to just, you know, he doesn't pass the eye test because he, he looks like he's slow? I think people assume he's lazy, if we're being completely honest. And he does look sleepy all the time. I, I, I don't get it. He had an unbelievable year this year. He was put in maybe the most unforgiving position of any of the Rangers players outside of, say, like a Buchnevich or a Heedle or whatnot. Um, he was forced into the two-way center role, a guy who legitimately was not really built for that type of a role, and he had 25 goals and 44 points in 76 games. I don't think you could ask for any more of him. I never thought got. he had 25 goals in him, really. Well, and this is my point. There is absolutely... Oh, my God. I'm on Elite Prospects. His brother is yeah. Jimmy Hayes, which we know. His cousins are Casey Fitzgerald, Ryan Fitzgerald, Scott Fitzgerald, Tom Fitzgerald, Brady Tuchuk, Keith Tuchuk, and mm-hmm. Matthew Tuchuk. I didn't know that. Um, anywho, I, I think of every – I don't know. It's the same thing that I say to the, the Hank truthers. What are, you, what are you looking for? Honestly, what do you need? And yeah, nothing. I, I have no, there's no response for that. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to, I wanted to get your take on that because I'm sure at some point in the soft season here, we're going to have at least a, like a, a pretty much an entire show dedicated to what the hell do you pay Kevin Hayes? But that's a, a stone we can turn over on another day. Yes, but that, that is a that's turn a, over stones, you bastard. I'm just, I see a stone and I want to know. You just see a stone and you turn it over. When I was little, I loved to turn over stones, and I hate bugs. Of course, but I liked you're looking for crabs. I'm looking for crabs, looking for snakes, yeah. looking for all sorts of things. Um, I once caught a snake and put it in a in a hermit crab cage. Uh, that seems dangerous. And I got yelled at to uh, of course you to did get, because, out, get because, out of the house. Yeah, well, because you brought a goddamn wild animal into the house. Well, it was in a in an enclosure. I mean. Yeah. Now, Bob Cowan has a second question for me. Bob Cowan. Now that you've been paid not to use the soundboard, what's it going to cost to get you access to it again? I don't know. Wow. I mean, we've gone over that. Um, Can you be sold? (laughs) Yeah, I probably can be sold if we're talking about deals with the devil. Come at me with a number. I mean, Alex... Alex is paying an extra ten Bob bucks. Bob has on to this. pay. Has to pay Alex. We we can't get any of this money. Uh, well, what if he pays? What if I force him to pay back Alex and then give me give us more money? I mean, you could do that. Yeah, that sounds pretty nefarious, doesn't it? It sounds like uh, Bob. Like you you, you come talk do. to me. You come talk to me, and we'll go through this. Don't do it, Bob. Do it, Bob. You know what you want. It's not a good idea. It's, it's maybe the best idea. idea you've ever had. Um, like gray market. Assuming Dolan goes number one and Tuchuk ends up at two three, who in this draft is worth trading up for from nine? Um, this is an interesting Definitely question because it really uh, if Zadina. Well, it's uh, anyone. It's anyone in the top eight, really. Yeah, but the, the question: eight, a lot of meat in that top eight. I like meat. There are rumors going around that the Canucks are absolutely in love with Noah Dobson. 
So anybody not in the top eight that gets selected, that's a really good thing for the Rangers because they need, they're in the ninth spot. There are eight, you know, quote unquote, elite names on the board and they're at nine. So yes, if Vancouver falls in love with Dobson, that means one of the big boys is falling to the Rangers. Um, I think the only way that you you try to trade up is if Svechnikov or Zadina, for whatever reason, starts plummeting, because Boquist. Yeah, they're they're franchise wingers to me. Boquist to Chuck Wallstrom. I like Boquist. Boquist. I keep saying Boquist. Um, well, I don't even know the way. It's so set Chuck up would be fine at nine. Hughes, Wallstrom. Boquist, those are the three guys that I would love to fall to the Rangers. But like I said, you don't know what what's going to end up happening. If Vancouver is in love with Dobson or if Chicago falls in love with uh, Kota, Kone- Kota Konemi, sorry, or if Detroit reaches off the board and goes for Farabee or something, which I you know doubt would happen. It really seems like Kota Konemi and um, – Dobson are the two guys that may jump into the top eight. That's all the Rangers need. And I'm not sure hedging your bet is totally worth it right now. I think you need to see the way the board is playing out, to be completely honest with you. Um, maybe Vancouver thinks they can get Dobson at nine, and they have no issues trading the seven to the Rangers for the nine and a third round pick. I, you have to look because right now you want to be in that top eight and all the teams in the top eight know it. So, I mean, that's my take. Mike, do you have a, you want to, you have a take you want to give out there? I kind of, I just blurted out what yeah, you I did. thought. You're just well, you're uh, shooting it out of your mouth. Like yeah. A goddamn animal. Zadina Svechnikov. Mikey wants those. I do. Those are good. I absolutely want those guys too. Um, they're good at the wings. They're good at the hockey. They can score the goals. They can do a lot of things. A lot of great things. You know, a lot of people are like, "Who do you like more, Zadina Svechnikov?" You know what I say? Both. I like yeah. them both. I mean, both I'd good. Much rather Svechnikov than Zadina. If we're if we're being picky, but I'll take either. Yeah. Uh, push comes to shove, I take Svechnikov as well. Uh, but. Uh, I'm very happy to have Zadina. Yes, I, well, I would be super. I would be stoked to have any of them. Any of them in the of what I'm considering the top eight. Any of those players, I would be happy for. And I guess for the sake of the podcast, if you guys are new or whatever, um, Dalin, Svechnikov, Zadina, Bouchard, Boquist, Chuck, Wallstrom, Hughes. Those are the eight. And I want one of them, if not all of them. But I'm not going to get all of them, so I'll take one of them. Um. Yeah, I, I, um, this kind of rolls into it. Next Patrick Bexel, Zeb Habs, who does some of our um, outside foreign correspondence work for Blue Shirt Manter, one of our uh, Swedish guys who gave us some interviews with Lundqvist and Anderson last summer. What do you think happens with Zook, staying or going? And the reason why I'm bringing that up into this podcast is because I do think Zuccarello is going to be moved at the trade deadline. Um, the question becomes where, and this kind of ties into something else that you wanted to talk about, Mike, and that somebody else asked about, and I'm incapable of finding them. Oh, nope. Josh Zarkin with rumors of Edmonton looking to move the 10th pick. Do you see the Rangers making a play at it? Mike, if I told you Zuccarello to Edmonton for the 10th overall pick, you say 
Who's still on the board? No, you're doing it right now. Everybody's on the board. Oh, uh, who's still on the board? Uh, well, the draft hasn't happened yet. Oh, it's right it's now, right now today. today. The draft hasn't happened yet. Edmonton comes up to you or the day of the draft. You're on the floor. The draft is about to start. Dolan goes first overall. Boom. He's in. That's the only person, you know, Zuccarello for the 10th overall right. pick. Got you. I call the other teams and find out who's going to be on the board. Okay. This is almost as good as the lost podcast where you said the Rangers are going to end up picking sixth. Well, I just said a number. I panicked. You panicked. It's the worst thing you can do. And now everyone um, knows. I sh- take the deal. I don't I, I, I don't think something like that. Here's the thing. You need to – it's almost impossible to think about what these other general managers are thinking, what's running through their head. Does Edmonton think they're a Zuccarello away from making the playoffs and being competitive next year? Who the hell knows? Because, what Edmonton but thinks. here's my logic on this. Zuccarello here, agree with me. Let's play true or false. Zuccarello is a 70 point player with Edmonton. With yes, David, like with, could be like you, a 90 point saying, player. You put him on that top line and on that power play. There is no limit mm. to what Matt, Matt Zuccarello can do. So before you, you know come what I at say me to that? and you say, oh, why would Edmonton ever make I'll a move for one year of Zuccarello? That's why. Because if you can add a 70-point player right now for the 10th overall pick, you would do it. You, you know, know what I say? I say who's on the board. Okay. <laughs> you don't see. All right. So the top eight are gone. Top, top eight are gone? gone. So who's on the board? So it would be Dobson, Farabee, Kota Kanemi, Hayden. I mean, you could, I guess, reach then. No, I know. I know. I know. I know. I just want to know who's on the board. Yeah, I just told you who's on the board. <laughs> I'm just being terrible. My child uh, made me very patient. Yeah, I can hear her crying in the background and you just I don't like, ignoring crying. her distress. That's laughing. Yeah, that's laughter. Even oh, if you're on draft, I think I sounds a lot like tears. I 100 percent do it. I, I would do it too, just because there's enough guys, um, you know, in that you know we've talked a lot about how that that top eight, you know, and, and supposedly Shirelli is saying, you know, he he feels like in that nine ten area that the players there are not going to be NHL ready, which would lead us to believe that he, you know, is under the belief that his team is supposed to bounce back. Like they're supposed to be a contender, which means almost certainly that they're a team that believes they're a Zuccarello away from kind of, you know, get getting over whatever the hell happened to them this year. Uh, with all that being said, there are some guys who I would consider pretty intriguing who will be available. Um, and to, to draft back to back nine and 10, you know, it's just, we we've talked a lot about, you know, the, the whole lottery ticket thing. And, you know, why would you not want another swing at getting, you know, another, another opportunity to land an impact player? Cause the guys who are, who you could get, you know, Wallstrom could be there. Farabee can be there. You know, th- those are guys who almost certainly will be there. It's just, uh, there's enough there to make it really interesting to me. Um, and, you know, we've already talked ad nauseum about how much we love Zuccarello and how important he is to the team and how great it would be to have him in the locker room next year with a bunch of the kids. But 
if if that's just a one for one deal, I probably do it. You know, and I really I do it before draft day. I was just trying to see if I could get you mad. Yeah, I would even before draft day, I would do it because then you can use the nine and the ten and really have a discussion about where you could potentially jump up. I mean, does Ottawa even if you can't does jump Ottawa up. a team that desperately needs to restock their farm system? Do they give you the four for the nine and the twenty six? And if they don't, do you make the move for the nine and the ten for the four? You know what I mean? There's a lot of different conversations the Rangers can have, and at this point, I think the Rangers need to go for quality um, and quantities. As the best would be a mix of the two. So yeah, maybe you don't get have- one of the top eight, but if you get three players in the first round that makes an enormous difference. Go ahead. You have a question of sorts, I'm assuming. Yeah. So, you know, on draft day, uh, everyone's on those tables and um, they're all sitting in their chairs. They're all on their phones, right? You. How many, how many portable chargers do you think they bring with them just in case to keep their phones charged? Oh God. Up? They, they have to bring probably two or three, I would think. Like two or three per Well, man. I would say two or three per imp- important person. Gordon definitely has three chargers with him. He just has to. I say they're probably his zero. He doesn't like even know what a cell phone the, is. Like the honorary little kid, like the the GM's yeah, son. He's, he's the guy. And he's like, even that kid has like extra chargers just in case. You don't want to be, you know, running around like an asshole trying to find an outlet. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Next question. Jamie Bustled. Great show, guys. Jamie Bustled. Exclamation point, exclamation point. That's a great way to get your question read. Start off there. By the way, go rate us on iTunes. Give us five stars and leave a nice comment. Do that right now. Ask ask nicely, Joe. Jeez. Um, Mike told me to be more forceful right before the show began after he moved the show back like nine times. He, I don't like he, this he slander. Said be more forceful with the people to leave nice comments. And also, if you don't donate to Patreon, you're dead to him. So, patreon.com slash blue shirt banter. I didn't say it, Mike did. He's pissed. Anywho, good old Jamie. We have seven picks in the first three rounds. How many of those picks do we yep. use? Over, under at five. What you got? So, we'll make it five and a half because this is the, uh, you know, this is a, the conversation Mike and I have had a couple of times. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say How over. I'm going to say the use? Rangers use seven picks. I just I don't think they're going to be the seven picks that they have right now. Because you trade a Zuccarello or a Zabanajad or a Spooner or a Nemestikov, and that gets you back into the running. You, the, maybe the Rangers trade, and I'm making this up, nine and twenty six to get the seventh overall pick, but then they trade Zuccarello for the twentieth overall pick. I have, I have no idea. But I think the Rangers will make seven selections. I just don't think it's going to be where they are right now. Mike. I actually like that answer. I like the the, the reasons he gave, even though you're a lying bastard. Um, I feel like that's the best, uh, the, the most likely, I think, scenario is that they're going to do something. But this is also a team that, is trying not they're trying for quantity and quality here i think quality over quantity obviously but the rangers need to restock the pipeline in a big bad way and uh you know unless there's something you know dramatic happening it's just it's not that common to you know to, to 
slash the number of picks you have in the first couple rounds down. I mean, unless there's some sort of ridiculous Hail Mary trade where, you know, they're packaging a bunch of those picks to land a superstar, which is not, I don't think we've seen enough smoke about that happening. Like, I don't think there's going to be a big, a big crazy blockbuster where the Rangers give up, you know, so many of these picks that they, uh, that they cobbled together. So yeah, I, I like that answer. Well, thank Joe. you. See, we're getting along again. I, I don't like you. We're getting much, along. Like we're answer. getting along. Joe, who's on the board? Oh God, so many people right now. Everybody's on the board. Um, Everybody on Jamie the board. Jamie Bushold asked another question. This is something that you talked on. What are your thoughts on Adam Masherin? What type of pick would it take if he goes back into the draft? He's probably forty to seventy-five. So, in case you don't know. Masherin is a Florida Panthers prospect who is not going to sign with the Florida Panthers, and he is going to go back into the draft, which means that he could be taken literally anywhere. Um, He would be an overage, obviously, because he's a couple of years out of his draft year. He was 19 years old this year. He will be 20 before the draft happens. In the OHL this year, he had 40 goals and 86 points. 40 goals for the Kitchener OHL Rangers. games and then nine goals and 24 points in 19 playoff games. We already know he looks good wearing a Rangers yep. He's a year removed from a 100-point season. Um, Mike wrote about him. So, Mike, I'll give you the floor on this one. What kind of, by the way, I think if Masherin does go into the draft, I would be relatively yeah. shocked if he wasn't a second-round selection. Um yeah, so I, I, I think I he'd be think a 40 to 50 gonna... pick easy. And the only reason you're not using a first round pick on him is because there's so much upside to, I mean, there's just so much upside to the players that are on the board now. Masherim, you know, he's a little bit smaller, which I don't think is a big deal, but it's, we're talking about NHL general managers here. And I'm sure there are people who are going to think, well, he was a 38th overall pick when he got taken in 2016. So I don't want to use more. Then 30th pick, whatever. But Mike, go ahead. I feel like in many ways he's a very like a tailor-made guy for the Rangers to take in Agreed. the second round. Um, you know, like you said, he'll be 20. Um, but he's a he's a scoring winger. Um, you know, when I when I took a closer look at his game, there's a lot of things that I like a lot about him. Uh and you know, if memory serves, there was the talk about like, yeah, he may not be the best skater in the world, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have, you know, like the requisite amount of skating to be an impact player in the NHL. I feel like he would be a really compelling guy because of the fact that he's, you know, an overage player where it's, he can be there, be a piece of the puzzle sooner. You know, he could be a guy who you get in the second round and he can challenge for a spot in the roster. Um, and yeah, I don't know. There's enough about him that makes him intriguing to me. And I feel like he's a good guy to target in that second round. Yeah, totally. Somebody that I, I would target if I was the Rangers a little bit more of a quote unquote sure bet. If anything exists in this type of a little small, five, little ten. small, I don't care little about tiny. That. I don't care about that, but it's, it's worth mentioning because we are talking about NHL general managers. So yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's definitely something that I think is important to mention because it may be something It was also a high uh, 38th overall pick when he was selected by the Panthers. So 
you know, if anything, his stock and he's only proven himself to be the kind of player that Florida thought he was, you know, since that since that draft, which, you know, makes him in many ways a safer guy to select. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I would definitely uh, listen if he's on the board when the Rangers are picking in the second round. On the board, it's definitely somebody that I would I would be curious about from a, a standpoint of taking him just to see what what comes of it. Hundred percent, Hundo on the board, percento, Hundo, Hundo, Ono. That's not real. That's not real. Ono the Bordo. Oh, I see. I thought that was the the Twitter handle no. of the next question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was definitely it was fake. Um, Jeff D. At Jeff the deadline, D. New York Rangers tried to get some near-ready prospects. Any others out there yep. that may be available in exchange for picks or RFAs to teams looking to challenge next year? Um, and then I'll also add in, there was another question from Surly Sailor. If New York Rangers move one of their later round picks for a young NHL or almost ready NHL prospect, who do you think is available? Would the 26th pick be worth Sam Bennett since we know Calgary wants to move into the first round? Um, there are a few players. Calgary is really the only team that we know of right now that desperately wants to get into the first round. So that definitely changes the conversation when you're talking to them about the players that they have available because if they want to get in that bad, well, this is something that you're, you know, that you're going to be, you're going to be paying for. Um, they have Sam Bennett, who is a 21 year old winger. They have Fox, who is a, a almost like really should be in the NHL right now, NHL ready defensive prospect. Um, I, I don't know enough of uh, now, and that's not to say that they're not out there. The Rangers may be having a million conversations with these guys, but um, there are definitely players that I think the Rangers may be targeting. I am a little less convinced that it's a good idea to go after a player who hasn't made the jump yet to the NHL if you're going to get rid of a pick that could theoretically be a boomer bust selection. Like Ryan Merkley may be available at 26 or, or 31 when the Rangers pick. And that's a guy who, if it wasn't for off-ice issues, could easily be one of those eight players in the top eight that the Rangers would desperately want. And he's a guy who could totally change the trajectory of your franchise because of how much talent he has, if he can put it all together. So is that possible? Is that something that the Rangers may be interested in? Uh, it just it makes me nervous to take a kid from another system who hasn't been good enough to make it to the NHL or maybe has some issues on his own and say – but maybe there's a logjam, jam. Absolutely, maybe a logjam. And I think the Rangers are a really good example of that when it comes to their centers right now. That would be like me saying, oh, I don't know if Heedle or Anderson are worth taking if they couldn't make the NHL next year because, you know, you don't watch the Rangers all that much. But I don't – I'm more inclined to keep the picks the Rangers have right now unless there's a can't-miss opportunity. Mike? I, I feel like I align with you We're there. I mean, on a lot when I, today. When I, when I hear that question, the way my brain operates is I wonder, you know, is particularly names come to mind like a guy like a fantasy, you know, who's a young guy. He's a he's got crazy RFA. eyebrows, um, powerful eyebrows. He does, and he's super duper fast, and he also plays center. So is that more important than his eyebrows? Well, I don't know, Joe. Um, but 
the thing that stood out to me about him is he's an example of a guy who, you know, the Red Wings might not know what the hell to do with him, uh, and specifically him and finding the next contract for him after his contract dispute. And so he could potentially be a guy who the Rangers could say, oh, you know, we'll pay you and we'll play you. Um, but I, I'm not sure if there's, again, a lot of this comes down to what Gorton has in his mind. Like, what is his blueprint, like his blueprint for, for how this team is supposed to look and how he wants to execute this rebuild? And does that mean going after guys, you know, knocking on doors, trying to see if like, can I get Daniel Sprong? Uh, can I get someone like, you know, Bennett, who was a former fourth overall pick, but really hasn't made the impact uh, that Calgary has wanted to see out of him. And, you know, it, it comes down a lot to that philosophy of, of what, what sort of road you want to take. And Shane and I, you know, a couple, you know, I think this is just me. I'm not sure. Oh yeah. I did uh when I looked at the Rangers rebuild, um, you know, before the lockout, when, you know, they dealt Leech and yada, 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 you know, dealt everybody away. The going after, you know, obviously that's a different era, but going after other teams' prospects. It doesn't really work. Uh, it, it very, very rarely works. It always, it, you have to understand your, when you're bargaining and trying to put together a deal, the other team is willing to move that guy for a reason. And it's very rarely because of like, oh, this is just a logjam thing. You know, this is just we have too many defenders who play the left side. You have too many defenders who play the right side. Let's make a deal. That's they they're going to try and move you. They're the guy they're happiest to part with. And so the draft is you get to pick the, the prospect you like, as opposed to you know negotiating for a guy who you think is available. Um, and, and the event that, you know, like a great example, Joe is a Tony D'Angelo. Yeah. It's a really you know, good he, example. He's a, he's a guy who, you know, not only did Arizona kind of lose their patience with him, but before that, you know, uh, Tampa Bay did as well. I have but an even the better Rangers... example. Oh, maybe the best example I've ever had on the show. Well, who is the example? It's Joe? not a who it's a, it's a what. You decide that you're going to go to Five Guys. You know what Five Guys is? Yeah, I like Five Guys. Me too. Burgers and fries. You're going to go to Five Guys to buy a burger. And on the way to the cashier, you notice that your friend has a burger that he's not going to eat. And you say, huh, I guess I'll just go eat that burger instead of ordering the burger that I want. And that is the way I look at it. Like, yes, you may get a really good meal. Maybe he's got the exact burger that you're looking for. Yeah, but maybe but, your friend's a weirdo. But would you like, rather go get the burger fresh, made exactly how you want it to be made? Have it your way at Five Guys. Yeah, uh, so that's my that's my eating good in the neighborhood at Five Guys. Eat at Arby's five at Five Guys. And you're your family. Five Guys. I think you guys should uh, should advertise on this show. You know what I don't like about Five Guys is they have complimentary peanuts, which is great, but they're they're pre salted. It's, oh, I love it's it. Not a, no. What are they no, going to have? No, no. Just swaths of salt that you're going to have to throw onto the peanuts then? Why do you need to salt peanuts? Because they need the salt. You know what's good is a, is a honey roasted peanut. Yeah, I do I like, like myself a honey roasted peanut for sure. 
Maybe I don't dry like roasted peanut. I don't like, a lot of, I'm I don't a big like peanut, peanut supporter. Peanut salt. I'm a big peanut guy too. Yeah. They're, good, they're a high quality legume. See, we're back. We're back. We're back on each other. Um, okay. So, Tropical Blue Shirt. Hey, Joe. Love your insight. Notice how they don't say Mike. What do you think happens with Nieves? Here's my very quick answer on that because it is a good question. And I think Nieves should have gotten time this year and more time than he got. We don't even have a spot for Spooner and Nemestikov right now. Not that you get one of those two, you think. So I don't see Nieves coming in and playing at all next year. Michael, your thoughts on this matter? He didn't ask me my opinion. Your opinion on this matter? Oh, you're asking me. I am asking you. Uh, yeah, Boo's gonna. He's already been dealt a crap hand. I feel like that's gonna continue. Um, it's he's in a really rough spot, uh, which is he he really should have gotten a chance to prove himself in the NHL this past season a lot more than he did. Uh, especially because he's the sort of guy, you know, you look at him, oh, you know, you know, at best he'll be a third line center. And even that it's like, okay, he's a bottom six guy, but you know, he's, there's a lot to like about his game, uh, but he is kind of become this, you know, the forgotten prospects and the fact that he's a center prospect and that the Rangers just, you know, before this past season added, you know, a couple really tantalizing center prospects didn't help at all. And, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I'm not sure what scenario exists where uh, he he makes the team next season. I don't think it, I just don't think it happens, which is a shame. Uh, with that being said, you know, you can, you can fit him in, you know, if you if you want to spend your off season just you know drafting together your uh, your rosters for next year, it's you can find a way to pencil in Boo, but I think he's kind of SOL. I would agree, SOL. You know what that means? You're an adult. Um, let's see. Surly Sailor has one more question. Do you think the Rangers should sign a backup like Hutchinson and let? Georgiev play a full season as a starter for the Wolfpack, or is Georgiev the backup next season? This is a good question. Um, I think the answer is you let Georgiev be the backup, and you just ease Hank's workload to about 50 games or so, maybe 55. That's my answer. Mike? I'm with you there. I feel like that's the, you know, we've already kind of discussed how maybe Georgiev could be become something you can you can turn into something else if you you prove him you know at the NHL level then you know there's a lot there we I we did talk about this a bit I'm not sure if it was last week or the week before where the Rangers really have you know they have to figure out what the hell they're going to do with uh Merrick Mazinek who's who's an RFA as well he was the starter in Hartford that they added uh, after the season began when the goaltending there was uh, god awful um so no matter what, they're going to be shopping for goaltenders and free agency. Uh, and I feel like getting a guy who you'd feel comfortable with as your starter in the HL or as a guy who can come in, come in and be 
a backup to spot Hank in the event that, you know, Georgiev gets hurt or maybe he has a, a rocky start or what have you. But yeah, I like the idea of him getting his experience in the NHL. In the NHL next year. Got to see what you have. You have to see what you have. You have to unwrap the burger and see what you have. That's important. Super important. I want to ask you a question. It's important. It's important, I said. Okay. It's important. Major fast food chains. Okay. Okay. Uh, Rank fries from the major fast food chains. Oh, boy. This is important. Like we can stick to the big top three, like Wendy's, uh, Burger King. No, because I do think you need to open it up. Uh, I think right, you can open it up. Has to be first. I respect that. I don't see any way McDonald's can't be first. Five Guys for me is second. I, I they make a great fry, and if we're doing and they do the three, they do a lot of fancy fries too. You can get Old Bay seasoning on fries there. Yeah, it's not my thing, but you can do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a curveball on this one. You ready? Chick fil A. Their waffle fries are lights out. Haven't had Chick fil A. You, know, you need to have Chick fil A. Okay. Your top three. Uh Burger King, McDonald's, Wendy's. Wendy's is garbage. Why are you selecting them as your number three then? Uh, I'm sticking to the big top three. You're staying with the big three. Okay. Well, if that's the case, I would just, I would say McDonald's, Burger King. And then. When you get McDonald's fries under, like they're too soft. They're, they're awful. Burger King has been pretty consistent for me. Uh, Yost agreed with you on that one, which I think immediately means, oh, I don't know if he was talking about fries. He might've been talking about burgers. So. Yeah, I would say that's definitely Chick Fil A is a life changing experience. The it's the I best. It. It's the best fast food my I've local ever had. So I'll yeah, you, try need, it. you need to go. You need to go. What do you recommend, Joe? The chicken sandwich, just chicken and pickles. That's all it is. You don't and need then, any sauce uh, and waffle fries and, and call it a day. Oh, yeah, the waffle fries. But if you can't do the waffle fry, like I would, the chicken is so good. I would tell you to just get as many chicken sandwiches as you could scarf down without getting violently ill and ignore everything else. Okay. So that's my my recommendation for you. I'll see what I can do. The most important question of the podcast, Blue Shirt Andy. With the ruling and fine for Marchand, or Marchand, sorry, for licking, will it affect Blue Shirt Banter's licking policies for Beth? That's a great, great question, Andy. Best question we've ever had. Um, uh, I don't boy, think so boy. because Beth, I mean, Beth has, she's, uh, no, we don't have a policy against licking. The law does like Beth will inevitably get in trouble if she attempts to lick Shay, but she's Shay licker. It's what she is. Yeah. You know, she's more, she's like a force of nature though. Like, can you blame a hurricane for knocking down your shack? No, you can't. Beth's gonna Beth's gonna lick a ranger. You can't that's just that's just nature. It is what it is. You don't have a choice. I mean, can you can you blame a a bird for singing its song? Jeff? No. No, you can't. You can't. Um all right, here's the doozy question from Michael Silvers, and I saved this for last because 
this will, it saving the best for last or just saving it, the dues? It will elicit a, a pretty big response. Okay. Um, who is the most polarizing player on the Rangers right now on social media? He gives options. A, Buchnevich. B, Anderson. C, other. This is a, this is a good question. It is a very good question. So here's uh, where this is coming especially from. Especially because I... Apropos of nothing, I brought up that Hayes is somewhat polarizing. I, I, and I absolutely think he's he's pretty polarizing. Um, hmm. I would say Anderson is right now because there is so much discussion over Adam's comments about the Rangers not thinking that Anderson is a player to build around, which we discussed. You know, this is not – he's not saying that Anderson wasn't good enough. He's not saying that Anderson wasn't a piece that's worth keeping. He's saying he's not a franchise-changing impact player, which I think is fair. Um, There are people who are making jokes consistently about how Anderson's a bust and how he's not good. And the people who are going along with these jokes are going to be the same people who are at his throat at the end of the year if he doesn't have more than 50 points. So Buchnevich elicits anger because we like him. I truly believe that. All the anti-stats people, all the people who hate Blue Shirt Panther, all the people who hate me. They a lot of people hate they, you. A lot of people hate me. It's absolutely true. They have don't you like, been on Reddit? They uh, don't like it. Dude, have, Reddit, I'm not popular. Um, Facebook. Hey, hey buddy. You're, you're popular with me. Facebook, I am public enemy number one, which shocks me because you're you're literally like I love the comments that are like, who is this guy? This guy sucks. Why are you reading the website? I don't understand. <laughs> you you know what you're coming to. You're coming to Blue Shirt Panther. I run the site. Me and Mike, we're the law in these parts. So what do you think is coming? But yeah, I, I think that's more of the Bruchnevic stuff. The people who defended Vigneault, the people who wanted absolutely nothing to do with the advanced stats movement. Those are the people, the people who have this bias against European players, Russians specifically. Those are the people that don't like Buchnevich. Yeah. Right now, the Anderson stuff is, listen, I'm glad it's all fun and games and make as many jokes as you want. And I have access to grinds and I grind them on Twitter all the time. But what I want understood is that you are creating an environment where if Anderson does not reach these expectations – he is going to be labeled a failure. And that's what upsets me. Because making jokes like, oh, he's only played seven games, like, oh, he can't have a ceiling, his sky's the limit, all this stuff, that's not the way that this works. It's never the way that this has worked. Because if you truly believe you cannot judge a prospect until you've seen them play extensively at the NHL level, then Ryan Gropp has the same level of value to the Rangers as Filipino. And we know that's not true. So that's my take, Mike. Yeah, the uh, the Anderson stuff pisses me off to, to no, end, no end because it pisses me it, off to no end too. Yeah, um, I feel like you know the, the point you made about you know he's already being called a bust. You know he didn't make the team at a training camp. Heedle did, and you know he's had so much. He has so much attention placed on him. And then, you know, things kind of ramped up when he tossed uh, the medal into the stands and everything else. You know, he's, I feel like he's 
I don't know if I can't remember the last time. I mean, it's been forever since the Rangers had a prospect of his, you know, that that went that high in the draft. But when is the last time just a a guy has been dissected as much as this, you know, in uh, his first year after being drafted? It's it's been a really long time. Um, And it's, you know, a lot of it is just goddamn unfair. Well, and this is the same Brooks brought up what I thought was a really insightful piece today about how Rangers fans and the Rangers can't pin the McDonough Miller success of that trade on Hayek because he was the guy that, quote unquote, a Gordon needed. Yeah, he made the deal. Yeah. And that's, it's not, A, it's not his issue. He didn't say that. He didn't do that. B, if he doesn't become like this is another guy that now there are these unfair expectations that, oh, he's got to be a goddamn superstar because if he's not, then McDonough and Miller, the whole trade is a bust. Yeah. You blame he's Gordon gotta for that. He's got to be McDonough in a few years. Right. Is what you he blame Gordon for that. You don't, you don't blame Hayek for that. And the same thing. Yeah. You, and listen, I am of the mind that I am excited about Lias Anderson. I think Elias Anderson has the potential to be a number two center in the NHL. I do think Anderson's ceiling is probably 60 points. I do think there were better players available when he was selected. I do think he was the wrong player to take at seven. That if the Rangers wanted him, they should have traded back. You can think all of those things at the same time. I'm still unbelievably excited about him. On, I mean, he is, to be completely honest, blown my, me away in terms of the offense that he's put up this year at, at every, you know, every, every he's, he's, I have not expected to see the offense that we've gotten out of him. So I don't think that necessarily changes where I think his ceiling is right now, but mm. this is a guy that had 14 points in 22 SHL games. He had 14 points in 25 AHL games. He had two points in the NHL. You know, he had seven points in the World Juniors. He had an unbelievable World Juniors. I'm not telling you he's a bad hockey player. But I am telling you that you can believe all of those things. There are better players available on the board, that the Rangers went safe at seven because they knew they were going to go crazy with Heedle at 21. I get all that. But make your jokes, and I understand where they're coming from. I really do. It's the people who who think he's a bust now that that irk me. But the same people who are laughing right now and saying, oh, you can't judge a guy who's only played seven games in the NHL. How are you saying that he has a 60-point ceiling? Don't let me catch you being the people that in January are saying he only had 50 points or he only has 10 points this year. This kid's a failure because it's going to piss me off because this is what this fan base does. They build up and then destroy. It's the same – like that there are people who think Lundquist is bad. It, it baffles me. Yes, Miller and McDonough are doing great things in Tampa. So is Strawman. It, it, it is what it is. They're on a very good team. They're – McDonough, I would consider a star. Miller is a great complementary piece who is playing with elite talent. They're going to be successful. The trade is what the trade is. Whether Howden is a number one C or a number three C – whether Hayek is a number one defenseman or a number four defenseman, whether the Rangers get a first and a second or two firsts, the onus of this trade is not on the players. It's on Jeff Gordon. And the onus of that draft pick at seven is not on Lias Anderson. 
It's on Jeff Gordon. Anderson just has to be himself. And uh, I feel like that's the reason, like to, to circle back to the question, like that's the reason this is the, the, the most polarizing player and why this is the most frustrating thing because we, we just haven't seen enough. Like no one has seen enough of him to know what he is. And, you know, if what he is right now is all he can be, that's not what's going to be the case. He's, he's already looked really, really good playing against men. And, you know, I, I know that he's not a first line franchise center and that's a bit of a bummer, but that's the choice that Gordon made. Anderson didn't choose to go seventh overall. I'm sure he want. I'm sure he wanted to go first overall. Yeah, that doesn't mean that's where he went. And that's the thing. I, I totally, I do understand the standpoint of hey, like don't label the kid a bust or, well, you don't know what you have in him. Listen, I get it, but that doesn't mean you can't make an evaluation of what you think the player is going to become. That is literally the name of the game. You have to. Otherwise, like the game's hockey, Joe. Otherwise, like I said, Heedle and Grop have the same. They're the same player to you. You don't care what you get for them. You never laugh at my jokes anymore. I do. I laugh internally. This topic just never, this topic just fires me up. You never hold me and tell me you love me. Mike and I did a. Uh, <laughs> Mike and I did a an amazing podcast. Um called Digger's Summer Survival Guide, which I think is going to be a fun special podcast for patrons. Um, a lot of swearing, a lot of sex, just literally a podcast about him and I trying to make each other laugh for the most part. Yeah, we talked about, what was it? Was we it talked about condoms, condoms, yeah, in the first, or sheepskin first condoms. two minutes. I think it was lambskin, but... Is that what they're called? Well, yeah, I, thought, I think yeah. it could be sheepskin. I don't know. But that's not for this they're podcast, gonna... Michael. That's for that podcast. No. Yeah. We don't know what. I don't know when that's going to drop. It's on Patreon right now for the $30 subscriber limit. That's not permanent. Um, I wanted to make sure, A, that it uploaded properly, and B, I'm just testing some of the logistics behind the way that it downloaded because Mike and I actually got cut off midway through. So that's not going to be an every week thing. It's not even probably going to be an every couple of weeks thing. Mike and I are hoping to do it as much as we can, but it will be for the patrons um, at the, the $5 level as, as our personal podcasts are as well. So there's a lot going, a lot going for that. You'll enjoy it when it goes live. You'll really enjoy it. It's very silly. Very. It was more, the silliest thing we've ever done, I think. I had a lot of fun doing it. Me too. Maybe the More most fun, fun that I'm having talking about people who don't like Leah Anderson when he's still he probably doesn't even shave yet. That's how much of a baby yeah. he is. Yeah. He probably still has Velcro shoes and Oshkosh Bagosh. Oshkosh Bagosh. He probably goes to those fast food chains and gets Happy Meals or the equivalent thereof. Hmm. Do you remember Happy Meals? That was a good time. I do remember. I loved Happy Meals. With the little like apple. Like, Turn off your phone. Let's be an adult, please. <laughs> it was one booty It doesn't booty. matter. I was just going to say, I was going to ask, do you remember the coolest thing you got in a Happy Meal? But I have to silence my yeah, phone. Yeah, you have to silence your phone because it upset me greatly. <laughs> Fired me up. Oh, so sorry. Um, I loved the apple pie slices oh As yeah a, you could get the healthy option instead of uh no not the apple slices the apple pie oh 
<laughs> the, okay. The, I, the apple pie slices was the wrong yeah. word to use. The apple pie log, really. Yeah, the log. It, I'm, I, st- I love I'll that. I that. I haven't. So here's the thing. My sister got married this weekend, this past weekend, and my, congratulations! Thank you. I didn't What's her new surname? Uh, new Schultz. Schultz. A good German name. German. So uh, we went. I, if you've met me, you'll know that I'm a huskier fellow. I very, very you're you're beautiful. I very rarely eat fast food in the traditional sense. McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King. Like I have Chick-fil-A every now and again. Um, I'll eat five guys. I probably have five guys. Maybe I'll have it once a month, but I think that's a lot. I don't think it's that much. Uh, (laughs) um, I eat pizza once a week at least. I never have fast food. My wife and I went back to the house after the wedding with the baby. We go to bed. We wake up and there's a breakfast that's being put on by his his parents that we were going to be late for. So we go and I do go to McDonald's pretty often for their coffee. I think McDonald's makes great iced coffee. So I'll just like on the way to work, I'll go to McDonald's and I'll get an iced coffee and that's all I'll get. But next time, next time get a hash brown. We When we went, we decided we were going to get breakfast before we went to the mm-hmm. breakfast because we didn't know if we would make it in time. And I got a sausage cheese McMuffin and a hash brown. My God. Yeah. My God, was it good? <laughs> I think that McDonald's is is like gross. You know it's gross, but when you have it and you haven't had it in forever, it's so yeah. good. It was Mike. It was it so just, good. It was just grease and so perfect. Good. It was yeah. just perfectly toasted. Um, English muffins. The sausage was good. There was cheese. It was great. It was great. Lights out. My favorite thing is uh, McDonald's breakfast when you get like. Uh, pancakes and sausage it's like flapjacks and sausage meal and the sausage is just uh, just like the hamburger patty it's the same horrible machine that produces the the discs of meat for the hamburger so you just get that little hockey puck of uh quote-unquote sausage but it's good and you know it you know it's just it's an abomination and uh an affront to nature but oh god is it good it's good it's so good (laughs) It's pretty good. It's so good. It's and I'm a guy yeah. who like I can't I I very much so prefer Wendy's to McDonald's if I was going to get a burger. Oh yeah, Wendy's Wendy's is the top. Wendy's is the, the superior. Food. Yeah, the, 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 they just the they just drop the ball in the fries. Uh, they try to be too cute, leaving the skin on. What are you trying, Wendy's? Get it together. I had you know what I had today, Joe, is a fifty cent frosty from Wendy's. Really. Pretty good. Deal. You gotta, you gotta do Chick Fil A. Honestly, Chick Fil A is just, it's lights out, and their sauces are great. Like you can get the nuggets, Chick Fil A. And here's the thing, this and this is what, this is something that I, I mentioned to a lot of people. Chick Fil A is real chicken. No real chicken. No two pieces of chicken look the same. No sandwiches look the same. It's all you know. The nuggets don't look the same. So there's not. You know how McDonald's yeah, has two forms of nuggets. Cut. Yes, like the, yeah. the Florida esque, like the America looking nugget. Yeah, and then you have your circle. Christmas stocking nugget. You have your circle nugget. Right. And yeah. it, it is what it is. There's no no two nuggets are the same. So at at Chick fil A, Chick fil A, Chick fil A, you should also pay. You should also pay for this. Um, yeah, what are we doing? I don't know. We're not good. advertising. It's a mistake. A bad mistake. Um, 
I don't even have like prediction questions to ask you because we're so we're so far away from like actual hockey happening. Um, I bought a dagger. You did, yeah. Explain that to the people. Yeah, so I'm probably going to go to a Renaissance fair uh, later this month in Bordentown, New Jersey. Uh, if you're there and you see me, don't say hi to me. I'm very shy. Uh, I'm really hoping that no one goes to this Renaissance fair, but me and my friends. That's that's my ideal scenario. Pretty and like sure. you know, that's not the how merchants. Renaissance fair works. Whoever whoever runs the petting zoo. That's all. I just want to go for the petting Almost zoo. Almost positive it's not how it works. Well, a man can dream. Uh, but yeah, I have decided I I should I should go as an old timey blacksmith because I figure that'll be easy to do. That is an amazing. So I'm just going to get like charcoal and rub soot all over my face and then get an apron and uh, just look like a grumpy baby faced blacksmith. Hmm. And then I figured, you know what? Uh, this is a good excuse to, to buy a melee weapon. And uh, Joe, $12 for a dagger. It, it is free shipping. $12 for a Celtic dagger with a sheath. I don't know. This is really. You want to talk about Fifty Cent Frosty being a good? Oh, deal. I was going to say this is this is more of a Digger Summer Survival Guide podcast story, but I, which I will tell it on that the next one that we do. But um, I'll just say that uh, the newspaper that I used to work at there was an incident with a man and a series of machetes. <laughs> so I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. But yeah, it was a series, a series of, of a machetes, of, like of a machetes. plethora of machetes. Um, did he like the strap same, onto his fingers? Like I can't, hands? I can't tell you. It has to be for that special podcast. So okay, that's fair. Become a patron, and then you'll be able. That's to, how we uh, get him, Joe. We get him hooked. Yeah, you'll be able to. Uh, you'll be able to listen, and you'll be able to hear the story about my friend. Well, not really my friend, but the guy and his his plethora of machetes. It's really the only way that I could describe it. But I don't need to go into specific details on it. To be completely honest, not now. We'll do that at a later date. Uh, thank you everyone for your questions. By yes. The way. Thank you for your questions, especially, I don't know. If, so part of being a patron is you get your questions answered first priority um, priority. And in the off season, that's not as big of a deal because we don't have as much to talk about, but during the year, we obviously won't be able to get to um, every question. So we will get to your questions if you're a patron. So keep that in mind. If you're not, you just you don't matter as much. Yeah, you're not. I'm sorry, you're not. See, I told you, Mike was getting hard on the non-patrons. You're just not as important. I own a dagger now. He does. I can get hard. That sounded different. He owns dagger, and he's getting hard with the dagger. <laughs> it's just the way that this works. It's just the way that we do. That sounded a lot different in my it, head. It did, and it sounds different. The only in my way head I can too. be hard, Joe, is with a dagger. Um involved somewhere in the patreon.com slash blue shirt banter banter sorry anthony viola john j porter alex gardner who pays so that i can't use the sound the hero uh john reppy johnny alo eric cone alexander ricard daniel degen matt bader guy from montana 50 stink fleeman mike offit trevor kempner gabriel vargas dan carosi david l singer Andre Chicagoff, Arch Williams, Bob Kawa, Scott Potash, Chris Habibi. That's Mike's friend, Chris Habibi. Um, James Dangles, Danny Santiago, Grumpy Smokey, Igor Zatlovsky, Thomas Osa, Chris B., Michael Silvers. They all donate. 
and they should donate. I have another friend, Chris B, but I, I don't think that's him. Um, I mean, I know a Chris B in my life. He's getting married this summer, but I'm probably not going to go because it's in Ohio. Interesting. What's in Ohio? Uh, Columbus. The Blue Jackets in the Columbus yeah. Zoo. Anywho. Well, thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. Go to iTunes, like us, give us five stars, and uh, subscribe. Leave a comment. And It helps people find us. It does. It helps people find it's us. It's a swell thing to do. And you know what? If you, if you can't afford to become a patron or or you're too busy to leave a comment on iTunes, I still love you. Yeah. At least me. It's great. Joe can't speak for Joe, though. No. Can't speak for me. And patreon.com slash blueshirtpanther. Good night or good morning. I don't know when you're listening to this, actually. We're not live anymore, so... Take care of yourselves. Be good to each other. Take care of yourselves. Be good to each other. Beth. Beth's wonderful. Mike. And I want her to get a fancy microphone so she can be on the podcast again. Mike is a whale. You son of a...